the stage is being set for the trial of the century. Since Donald J. Trump will supposedly be on trial for his life, this will be the O.J. Simpson trial times a hundred by Brian Cates. Most people had no real personal investment in the outcome of the O.J. Simpson trial back in the late 1990s beyond a tribalistic rooting for my team along racial lines, a narrative that was pushed heavily by the fake news media. But all Americans everywhere have a very deep and real stake in the outcome of this upcoming trial in Georgia. It should be crystal clear at this point that the corrupt local, state, and federal people who played key roles in rigging the 2020 presidential election against President Donald J. Trump and then outright stole it from him after he beat their rigging fully intend to criminalize and jail anyone who challenges their future fraudulent elections. That's because they fully intend to steal this next presidential election in 2024 also. Carrie Lake should be on notice because if they successfully manage to get Trump convicted and stripped off of the 2024 ballots, it's not all that hard to see whom they will go after next because she absolutely refuses to yield on Arizona's rigging of its 2022 election. These people who have been rigging and stealing elections for a long time now are serious about holding on to power, and their drive to do whatever it takes to win elections is going to be their undoing. These corrupt people have never faced the kind of opposition they are now confronted with as they are increasingly being forced out into the open in order to continue stealing elections. What used to be done in the darkness is now being done out in the light. People who claim that that isn't progress are not framing it correctly. By the way, shameless plug for author and cartoonist Scott Adams' new book, Reframe Your Brain, very informative and helpful if you're surrounded by people engaging in constant defeated loser think. Because, as I wrote in my column last week, Trump has been openly baiting and trolling these nefarious conspirators out into the open, luring them further and further into the light, where they're being fully exposed for all to see and marvel at. Now a county district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, has delusions of grandeur that she is going to put Donald J. Trump in prison for, check card, over 700 years for legally and peacefully contesting the election that was stolen from him in her county. Wittingly or not, as part of some plan or not, D.A. Fanny Willis has gone done and assembled a legal dream team around Trump by indicting 18 other people with him. About eight of Trump's co-defendants just so happened to be the same team of lawyers who were gathering all the evidence of the election fraud in Fulton County from November of 2020 through the summer of 2021. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, John Eastman, Kenneth Chisborough, and several other indicted lawyers don't need much time figuring out how to prove the election fraud in a courtroom. They already put in the time the evidence-gathering legwork three years ago for the civil courts uh, that then refused to hear the cases and never let them introduce any of it on the record. In baseball parlance, the Trump legal team never got past first base back in 2020-2021, never getting a case to the point where they were allowed discovery or to begin filing evidence on the court record. 
show trial, or something more. A lot of commentary on these Georgia indictments and this upcoming trial focus on blackpilling or discouraging everyone following the case. It's taken as a given that this will be a kangaroo court and the entire country is going to be treated to a most infuriating railroading of Donald J. Trump straight into a prison cell for the rest of his life. It's confidently asserted that the Trump defense is going to be ruthlessly sabotaged and then none of the 19 defendants is going to be allowed to present any kind of coherent defense against the charges they are facing. One of the people who doesn't seem to think events will unfold according to that pattern is Donald Trump himself, who made the following post to his Truth Social account on August 17th. Real Donald Trump on Truth Social, quote, Rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment by a publicity and campaign finance-seeking DA who sadly presides over a record-breaking murder and violent crime area, Atlanta. Therefore, the news conference is no longer necessary. August 17, 2023, 8.01 p.m. Of course, Trump is very aware his version of what's going to happen at this upcoming trial is vastly different from how the mainstream press is presenting it to their audience. From the day that Willis's absurd indictment was unsealed, the Mockingbird fake news media did what it does best. It shifted into overdrive to sell the fantastical criminal conspiracy charges to the public. Serious-faced reporters stared into cameras and babbled enthusiastically about how Trump is finally going to be brought down at last and made to answer for his attempts to steal the 2020 election from Joe Biden. Experienced prosecutors who put multiple criminals away using RICO statutes, such as crack litigator Brett Tolman, have publicly mocked Willis's RICO indictment for the absurd Frankenstein monster that it is. Tolman wrote a very concise op-ed for the Daily Caller in which he pointed out, quote, Many in the media have spent time lib-splaining the indictments with a big emphasis on why Georgia election denier Stacey Abrams' case is different and how it's about actions, not free speech. But what are the actions? I've read through the indictments, and as a former federal prosecutor who has jailed gangsters, gang members, and sicarios under RICO statutes, all I see in this are the normal, mundane actions of attorneys objecting to how an election was conducted. RICO charges depend on overt acts in furtherance of a criminal enterprise. What's the criminal enterprise here? Even Reuters acknowledges as much, quote, some of those acts, including Trump's social media posts and meetings with elected officials, are not inherently criminal, end quote, end quote. Tolman went on to explain what actual evidence in a RICO case would look like and contrasted that to the travesty that D.A. Willis rolled out after a two-year investigation. Quote, in a typical conspiracy charge, it's a gang associate, for example, who drives a vehicle with methamphetamine in the trunk from point A to point B, an illegal action in furtherance of a bigger illegal conspiracy. But in the Trump indictments, there's no illegal conspiracy, just a not unusual election challenge right out in the open. End quote. 
About a week after the indictments were unsealed, I likened the charges to a leaky bucket on my social media. The more time goes by, the more just how absurd the indictment is becomes apparent. I fully expect half the charges to get tossed before the cases reach trial. In case you missed it, here's that thread. Brian Cates on Twitter, draw and strike. Look, you have to understand this. Half the people on this platform, Twitter, just skim fake news, matrix media, intelligence agency headlines. That's all they know. They don't actually look at the Georgia indictment or dig into it. They don't know what's coming. Be gentle with them. They are told by all the authorities they trust that once again, they have Donald J. Trump right where they want him. They're going to believe what they're being told. They're not going to research or dig into jack shit. Big Brother told them what to think, so that is what they will think. Half the charges in the Georgia indictment are absurd on their face. They are not going to survive any kind of appeal to a higher court. Trump and his dream team are about to begin dropping major amounts of Georgia 2020 fraud evidence in their legal filings during the discovery phase. The people still trapped in the matrix don't understand how the ground is going to shift in the coming months. True, the vote has the goods, in my opinion. I've met both Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, and if they say they have it, then they have it. The only question is, does the Trump dream team get to use it, put it in a filing, and introduce it into the court record? The ground will not be shifting in the favor of Fannie Willis and whatever team of hapless line prosecutors she's going to saddle with this shit case. Think of a leaky bucket with someone carrying it from the well to the house as fast as they can, hoping there's some water left when they reach the front door. This shit case is the leaky bucket. Willis is suddenly asking the court to start the trial in late October, a mere two months from now. She's aware her bucket is already starting to leak, hence her sudden switch for asking for the trial to start next March to asking for October 24th. Her conduct is so blatantly politicized, she just got a demand letter from Jim Jordan, which... If she holds true to form, she's going to defy. If she defies the Congressional Committee for the Records, Jordan will issue a subpoena for them. That's where things would get interesting. Just last year, after the J6 Committee subpoenaed both Stephen Bannon and Peter Navarro for testimony and documents, both men defied the Congressional subpoenas they received. The D.C. Federal Court then helpfully clarified in a ruling that defying a Congressional subpoena is a federal crime. Both Bannon and Navarro were indicted, arrested, and scheduled for trial for that crime. Bannon has already been convicted and is appealing. Navarro's trial date keeps getting delayed. Keep your eye on the congressional subpoenas already issued by Jordan's House Weaponization Committee and Jim Comer's House Oversight Committee and any forthcoming subpoenas either of these committees issue. It cannot be argued that defying their subpoenas is not a federal crime. The D.C. court itself slammed the door on that argument last year so the D.C. prosecutors could pursue Bannon and Navarro. To reverse itself, the D.C. court would have to be given the opportunity by someone filing a case asking them to overturn their own previous ruling from just a year ago. We'll see what happens. End quote. Given that this trial is going to be televised, if it actually does happen, it will be the most watched trial in history, dwarfing the OJ trial by a factor of 100. Has Trump and his legal team, both co-defendants and the bevy of lawyers he will hire to represent him in the Georgia courtroom, been handed a massive stage for proving election fraud? 
while the civil courts often dismissed Trump's election cases out of hand before any significant hearings. In a criminal trial, the defendant is allowed discovery and allowed to introduce evidence into the court record via their own legal, fi legal filings. Due to the extensive work done by this very same legal team that has now been indicted by Fannie Willis, they already have a pretty good idea what evidence they will want to be introducing into the court record at trial. This will all be the evidence they never got to introduce in the civil cases, and now they will be able to subpoena the evidence they never could get their hands on before. Of course, when I say this on social media, I'm told that the judge is going to tightly control what evidence Trump and his team are allowed to present to a jury, but given that this trial is going to be televised worldwide and an audience of hundreds of millions will be watching every day, how blatantly can Fannie Willis and the judge make it that the deck is stacked against the defendants? If they make it far too obvious that Trump and the others are being railroaded in a show trial, what would the possible repercussions of that be? How might it backfire? The cameras might actually end up being the deciding factor in Trump's favor. Wanting to show the whole world Trump's planned demise, they will very likely end up having to back off and to be careful to at least give a semblance to the public that the case is being heard fairly. Trump doesn't seem all that worried, but then again, a popular mainstream narrative is that Trump is controlled by his own handlers, who constantly keep him living in a bubble as they hide reality from him and constantly feed him bad advice. So, who is this trial of the century really a trap for? Is it a trap for Trump? Or for the people who stole the 2020 election in multiple states? starting in Georgia and Pennsylvania. Only time will tell.